What a moment to be living in. 我们生活在怎么样的一个时刻? What a moment to be alive in. 我们多么荣幸在这个时刻活着。We were placed here for this day. 我们是被神安置在这一天的。we were put here for a purpose and for a reason at this time. And I believe that God is giving us uh, eyes to see that this is an opportunity. In fact, our, our whole life on earth is actually a dress rehearsal. And I think with uh, what has been happening around us, we begin to see, wow, it may be the grace of God that we are getting a few practice runs right now for what is to come. God has placed us here for a purpose. Where, yes, our home is in heaven. But there are things that we are supposed to bring from heaven onto earth. And I believe it's moments like this. That either bring up the best in people or the worst in people. And so this is what we're going to go into. We know we are not of the world. So we don't think as the world does. And we don't do as the world does. And so that's why, while some may not be very excited, we are excited. Oh man, this is going to be a good day. Amen. Part of the time we're going to spend together is just to, to, to speak into the faith of why we're here. And then we're going to shift gears a little just to, to um, prepare us how Zion might look and how might, we might walk in the next few weeks. Alright. Um, so a few thoughts. Uh, we're all aware of the number 19. And I think uh, the, the word that the, the virus, um, COVID-19, has been on the forefront of many of our, our news and maybe our minds. The Bible says to... to do, do not conform to this world, but renew our mind. So I believe this is one way the, the Lord speaks to me. While the world is uh, obsessing about COVID-19, we tend to think in reverse. I think of covered 91. And in covered 91, verses 9 and 10, so 9 plus 10 is 19. If you would follow me, this is the Passion Translation. 
Psalms 91 is a a psalm of protection. But I believe more than that, it's a psalm of his presence. Verse 9 plus verse 10. When we live our lives within the shadow of the Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? When we live our lives within the shadow of the Most High, did you know that not all darkness means that you're away from God? There is some darkness that means you are very near to God. When you're under the shadow of His wing, you may feel darkness around you, but you feel the closeness of His heartbeat. Some of us will be spending more time in our own secret, isolated places than we want in the next few weeks. We've been asked to socially distance ourselves from one another. But it doesn't mean that we are spiritually distant from one another. It also means that we're not spiritually distant from Him. Because in that hiding place, where his presence is, nothing can come near. We all know that there's no disease in heaven. Simply because it can't survive in heaven. Because that's where his presence is. And I believe the focus of Psalm 91 is actually his presence that will protect us. So, that's not even today's message. That's just an inoculation into your spirit. <laughs> Covered 91. This is the other promise. Romans 8, 11. Okay, we have the same spirit. And if the spirit Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. Through His Spirit who lives in you. And I love that this is to your mortal bodies. That's life to this body right here. We're not talking about life to your eternal body. That the same spirit we have access to breathes life into this weak mortal body. And so I think I think 
you know, we need to ask, what is the Lord speaking to us at this time that He couldn't at any other time? What's His will in all of this? As followers of Jesus, we all have, we all make decisions. Or the filter that forms our decisions is not the same as the world. Let's jump to Romans 12. Alright, verses 1 and 2. It talks about our true and proper worship. And then the verse I want to highlight here says, Do not conform. Any longer to the pattern of the world, <laughs> but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve of what God's will is. His good and His pleasing and perfect will. So if we want to know what the will of God is, what is he speaking to us at this moment? We can't have our minds thinking the same way as the world does. What's been a common pattern over the last few weeks of the world? Fear. Getting lots of something I might not have. And it's so easy to fall into the patterns of the world. Oh, look, a lineup. I must get in that lineup. There's no more toilet paper. The pattern says we need to stock up. Never have there been a time where I've been self-conscious about buying something because I actually need it. I'm buying rice because I have no more. But I feel like I need to explain myself to the person behind me why I'm buying rice. Okay. Do not conform to the patterns of the world. Okay, so then, how are we supposed to think if we're not of this world? Right? Most of the patterns right now is rooted from a fear. And we're not only, if we're not at faith yet, we need to move from fear to faith. Now fear, God acknowledges fear. Fear is not for us to be ignored. About 12 times, or at least I, I can think of most of the leaders in the Bible, God had to say, do not fear, do not be afraid. So God knows it exists. In fact, Jesus used it in his classroom of ministry. He 
he is a great teacher. He's the best teacher. He sets up his classroom so that his students remember the lesson. I know my wife does this. She sets up her classroom with you know, a theme so that the kids will remember what needs to be taught that day. So when Jesus wanted to teach his disciples about faith, he spent time the day before setting up his classroom with some setting of fear. This was a time when John the Baptist just died. John the Baptist was a key figure in Israel at this time. He, he was like the symbol of the new movement. And all of a sudden, Herod put him to death. And there was an atmosphere of fear. And the disciples, Jesus asked them to go to the other side, so again, they get in a boat. But Jesus wasn't on the boat this time. Because he was setting up the classroom. And at about 3 a.m., Jesus decides to appear. Walking on water. Now, 3 a.m., things that come alive at 3 a.m. are not usually a good thing. And it's not a good thing if that thing is walking on water that is not very natural. So what was Jesus trying to do? Was he trying to bring peace at that moment to his disciples? He was actually triggering their fear. He was setting them up to move them from fear to faith. So we don't ignore fear, but we don't allow fear to make decisions for us. And Jesus showed the disciples. You know this feeling that, that came upon you when you didn't understand? Here's how you deal with it. And that was his classroom. So, we trade in our fear for faith. Fear holds on to the things that we have. Faith holds on to God and what He has. Faith believes in the best. Faith believes that He's in control. Fear fights to maintain uh, the, what, what, we, what we have in our hands. But faith is willing to let go for the greater thing that he has for us. 
And when I started, I said, this is an opportune time. Those familiar with Chinese, the word for crisis, comes from the word danger and opportunity. In this moment when the world fears, we have more opportunity than ever to tap into their hearts to bring them good news. We actually have something worth spreading. It's got good news. Someone uh, joked and sent me a uh, a Spotify list for uh, songs uh, around the, the the coronavirus. So I tried to think of what are some Christian songs that would be appropriate for this time. And I think this morning a song that passed that came on our WhatsApp chat was uh, "Pass It On." <laughs> There's good news that we want to pass on. Right. God is mobilizing us. What's His will at this time? I think he's stirring the nest. He's kicking some of the chicks out of the out of the nest. And so that we begin to learn to fly. I think there are times that we have relied a little too much on this corporate setting of how do we train our children. And now we're being focusing on our homes and we have to learn how to feed ourselves, how to train our children, how do we nourish ourselves spiritually as well. I think right now there's a mercy of God that is saying, hey, how prepared are you? And if we look to our brother and brothers and sisters in Asia, they're not the first time to have gone through what we call an epidemic. They've actually been through situations like SARS. And it appears as though because they've gone through it once, they are way more prepared than the rest of those that haven't. And Hong Kong, even with 7 million people, I think only has less than 140 cases of uh, of COVID-19. And because they've been prepared. And yet there have been those in the West that are less prepared and are more casual about it and now they are overwhelmed. Our brothers and sisters also in, in, in China that have been What's the word? They've been forced to meet in smaller groups. And they are much more well prepared to adapt to the changing environment than, say, we are. 
，所以他们就更容易来进到一个改变的环境的里面，是比我们要容易改变的。And I think there are moments like this that we begin to take a look at ourselves and go, how prepared are we to shift and adapt to what the Lord is going to say? What this is the how my church actually should look. 所以就是好像在这个时候，神是怎么样的塑造、改变我们，以至于我们能够在一个新的一个阶段的教会能够成为这样的样子。And as far as we know, one of the best blueprints for how church started was in Acts. 所以我们知道这个教会一开始的蓝图，最好的就是起初这个在《使徒行传》里面就记住所记录的初期教会。And these ones met daily. 他们每一天都相聚。In homes. 在家里。Not just in big gatherings. And we'll get back to that. So we need to move in the opposite spirit. Can we jump to 2 Corinthians 4? But we have in this treasure in jars of clay. In earthen vessels. That this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. See, we're not like the world. We're hard-pressed on every side. But not crushed. Perplexed. But not in despair. Persecuted. Not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We are not like them. We are not of this world. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus. So that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Oh. Wow. Opposite spirit. We trade in our fear for faith. I feel this morning, even as we get back to Acts, we're getting back to basics. So how are we not like the world? Well, let's go down to these three basics. We live by faith. Not fear. Jesus Comforted his disciples in John 14. Don't let your hearts be troubled. He said, Peace I leave you. I leave the gift of peace with you. Not the kind of fragile peace given by the world. But my perfect peace. In Passion Translation, it says, Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. In, Instead, be courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the economy. Don't be afraid that there's not going to be enough food. I'm leaving you a gift. I think we need to open our gifts. We need to open the gift 
of peace that He's giving us. Some of us are still leaving it on the table. Because we're worried that there's nothing else on our table. Access that peace. You see, because God is never surprised. He's never panicked. He's not afraid. He's faithful. He's always in control. He is good. He has a plan. He's working in all things. He will not leave you. He is working for our good. If our God is for us, who can be against us? You see, these are not just words of songs. This is going back to our basics. Oh, peace that passes understanding. I don't understand. But I've got peace because it surpasses what I don't understand. And the world cannot give us that gift. Let's open that gift. Second Timothy. Woo. Wow, these Bible verses become more powerful when there's a catalyst. God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. But a spirit of power. Of love. And not buying too much of what I don't need. Of self-discipline. We are not of the world. So how else, how do we respond? We don't react. And we don't do as the patterns of the world does. How else are we different? We're selfless. We're not selfish. We imitate Christ. Who created, the, the, who did the most sacrificial act ever on face of this earth. He gave of himself. So how can we give of ourselves? There's never been a lesson to teach kids how not to share. We don't need to teach our kids to hoard. Try separating a cracker from a two-year-old. Right? We actually have, have had to be taught to be giving. But our redeemed nature is, is no longer a selfish nature. Right? Philippians 2.3 Do nothing out of selfish ambition. Or in vain conceit, rather in humility, 
value others above yourselves. And I, uh, we'll touch on how do we do this in a practical way. But I was learning from uh, our friends in IHOP how they are doing this with a much bigger community with the university and with their church. And they were noticing that within their community, uh, even though a, a, a week ago they said, hey, let's not shake hands. And because a week ago the situation was not as urgent as, as it is now. It's so that they noticed that there were some still in the name of faith were shaking hands with everybody else. And they were demonstrating how much more faith they had than everyone else. And I think if we are to be serving and humble, we can prove our faith in other ways. Uh, he also joked a little. And he said, when we meet, and when we meet and you're not feeling well, uh, don't say, by faith, I'm feeling well, I'm not going to go get tested. Our dear friend said, go get tested in faith. I, I think these are real ways of how we can learn to lead in our community, of how we honor those that, that are fighting this battle on the front lines. We want to serve our medical leaders who are giving us the best, doing the best with what they know. And perhaps there are no human answers. Maybe the medical system will get overwhelmed. And God is not surprised. Perhaps when the medical system is overwhelmed, then people start coming to church for healing. But in the meantime, we know that there are limited hospital beds. And if we want to make sure that everyone has the proper amount of care that they can receive at the hospital beds, we don't want to overwhelm them. And one of the most practical ways that they have found to stop, to limit the spread of the disease of growing exponentially is to really have some social distance. So I think in this way, we can actually rather, in humility, value others above ourselves. Because we're the body of Christ, we have a fantastic opportunity not to not be selfish, but to be sacrificial. 
In fact, last week we were admonished to deny ourselves. So, last week we were admonished to deny ourselves. Maybe for some of us it's easier to pick up our cross than it is for us to deny ourselves. So in these coming days, if there's something we really want to do, maybe show some self-restraint. Actually, and this other thing, uh, Papa David was, was sharing this. He says, I'm not going to go out and buy everything and fill my garage with it. I thought, that's interesting. And he said, well, because if people find out that I have a lot of something, they're going to come to my house. And I'm not, as a Christian, I'm not going to turn them away. I'm not going to say, oh, you're a brother, so you get some. You're not non-Christian, you don't get some. So he said, it's, it's, Fruitless to hoard something in my garage because by the end of day one, if everyone in my neighborhood knows that I have it, I will be gone. It'll be gone anyway. So that's just another way of thinking. How, how do we discipline ourselves at Costco? In Acts, they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to those that had need. In the next few weeks, we will have more opportunity to be generous in the name of Jesus than ever before. People will be hurting and afraid. You are going to give them more than material things. You're going to give them hope. Companionship. And faith. In a time when people are fearful. Amen. Amen. Okay, I thought that was just preaching to myself. <laughs> In Acts, this was an everyday faith. Not a once a week. And I think we are being um, kicked out of the nest to find different ways of how we can connect as a family. These ones, they broke bread together. We read that they met publicly. But they also, they also met privately. And so we are grateful for this time of preparation of how can we start planning to shift as necessary. Alright, so finally, how can we be different? The third point, we, sh we can shine the light. We don't hide the light. Jesus, he taught to put a light on a stand. 
says, You are the light of the world, Matthew 5:13. I love this. A town on a built on a hill can't be hidden. Neither do people put a light under a bowl. Instead, they put on a stand so it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I love that Jesus first mentioned the town. A town on a hill is made up of many homes. And that's the picture I'm seeing for our church. That we have candles lit in many homes. So that when there's a ship that is stuck in the fog, in the water, in the waves, they're looking for houses of light. We call them lighthouses. But not only a lighthouse, they look on a hill and they see that's where land is, that's where light is, and they know which direction to go. So, so let's be a community of a light, a community lighthouse. Lastly, John 17. 14 to 16. Jesus prays for us. Jesus prays, my prayer is not that you take them out from the world. But that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. I think this summarizes really what I've been feeling. Jesus' prayer wasn't that he would take us out of this. He's like, I put you guys there for a purpose. But Father, protect them. Let them respond not as the world does. Because they are not of the world. Even as I am not of it. I believe we have that we're in a moment of of uh, yeah, of great opportunity. As you will hear in the next few weeks, we feel that this will be our last time to meet together face to face for a while. But imagine this with me. That each of your homes became a lighthouse. That your online university classrooms became a lighthouse. That in your neighborhood, as you're going or walking around, seeing if there's needs, that it becomes a lighthouse. And then when time comes back for us to reconvene and meet together, we don't have enough chairs. Because everybody's brought back five or six with them. That have accessed your light and your hope and your faith. 
，因为他们这就是来操练你的信心，操练你的这个呃房房间。Right, fear says let's maintain what we have. I'm not sure we should we should go back to our homes and not meet. 所以这个呃惧这个惧怕就是说，好像来保持你所有的，就是不是在这个家里面。Faith says this is an opportunity for harvest. We can come back stronger than this. We'll come back looking more different than this. Imagine 150 people going back to their secret places. In seeming self-isolation. But coming back with a deeper sense and reality of the presence of God in our lives. It says that in that place. We've been believing for a place where the presence of God is that anybody who walks in begins to be healed. That they become whole. Let's let that start in our homes. People around us who have need, they, they become healed and whole in our homes. So this is an opportunity. And we're excited. Because his kingdom is advancing. This morning we sang his kingdom will know no end. His glory will know no bounds. While there might be um, distant restrictions, but there's no limit. There's no limit to what God can do in us and through us. Amen. 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 Uh, it's been said that the Lord is going to bring is bringing us back to the Book of Acts. And uh, sometimes we think about the matter of that they met from house to house. But I think there's another dimension, and that is they had all things common. And I asked the Lord to give me a definition of how that might work. And he said that in the natural, every one of us has a circle around us. And inside that circle is me. I. Mine. What about me? Will I have enough? To have everything in common means that I drop that circle. And my thinking is no longer, what about me? What about mine? Will I have enough? When that circle is dropped, my thinking becomes about others and about us. When I go to the store, I don't think about, will I have enough? I will think about, will everyone else have enough? I won't just think, do I have enough? Does my neighbor have enough? Not just am I well. 
Is my family? Are the older people around me well? I ask you all to define for yourself. In these days, what does it mean to have all things common? There may be a certain dimension that some of our dear saints are practicing. And I sure bless and honor them. But I think we can define it even a little broader. Doesn't necessarily mean that we all have to go live in the same house. But yet, as a body, we are all in the same house. And everyone in the same house should have the same concern for everyone as they do for ourselves. So, Lord, give us the grace to experience a new dimension of everything in common. So none would have need, but we would all have adequate and plenty. Amen. It's a perspective that we want to take. This is a gift. I receive this as a gift. Because my father is in control. And he gives us the best. I think we are given, being given a gift for what it means to be authentic community. Deeper than what we know as a church right now. And it's, it's funny because my reaction is also, what can I do outside of my house? How can I get away from those closest to me? But authentic community is how can we experience life with those in our body that we don't haven't often had the opportunity yet. And it's a time for us to receive that gift of peace, like I was saying. Because the God of peace crushes Satan. Peace is such a powerful weapon. Peace crushes fear around us. So I'm looking forward to many people in this family starting to use their weapon. Let's embrace this time and opportunity. To experience something deeper and richer. Than our congregational experience on Sunday morning. Amen. Amen. Father, you are sovereign. You are ultimately in control. You have never left your throne. So we recognize your kingship over us. And we recognize that your kingdom is on the move. 
We ask that you give us wisdom. And like Jesus' eyes to see what the Father is doing. That we would be ambassadors of the kingdom like never before in the days to come. And God, we believe that your gospel is not a gospel of of just words, but it has power. So even now we believe and we receive by faith our inheritance to move in power. That when we find ourselves in places that, that we are the light that you would shine through us. And that the solution to the world's problems is through you in us. We thank you for this opportunity to occupy land. We believe in the promised land. But we are beginning to step into and establish the promised land. Let faith arise in us. And may your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Here on earth. As it is in heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. These are extraordinary times and we trust that God is going to do extraordinary things. Amen. Amen.